them, guys. What do you get when you get the Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle, Jack and the Beanstalk, Poison Ivy, all put in together? You get Reginald Bushroot. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Dub podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and look at me now. I'm a walking salad bar. <laughs> oh, man. This is a great episode, Mike. I, I, I can't even... I might do more talking than you today. I'm just super duper excited because this episode we are talking about today is so sentimental to me. This is my, my first visual i've ever had a darkwing this is when i was in school in fort buchanan puerto rico all day darkwings in my head i can't wait for the you know to get out of school can't wait to get off the bus can't wait to run upstairs in my my dad's like townhouse that we had on the military base and then hoping that the puerto rican channel provided us the disney block for the day in english <laughs> so that's what i had to fight against mike man this is i'm super excited disney afternoon day man yeah, you're getting this one out of the way pretty early. But I think we should put a pin in Beauty and the Beat just for a moment. There's a couple of, I know, I'm sorry, Will. But there's <laughs> a couple of things I think we should talk about first. Um, now, you've been telling me over the course of the last week that you're trying to catch up on the new DuckTales. Yes. Uh, at the time of, of our recording, I'm about I'm on episode nine now. I originally was at episode three, but I started that like a year, year and a half ago. So I felt like, you know what, I'm gonna start all over, start from scratch. And I got to episode nine so far in about maybe two and a half days, three days, maybe. Not bad. And the last episode we did, we talked briefly about it. You told me you love the new Webby and I'm totally with you on that. And you like how Donald has a bigger role. But there's one mm -hmm. character we haven't discussed, and it's the most relevant as far as this show goes. What do you think of the new Launchpad McQuack? I mean, I'm only nine episodes in. So far, I'm not happy with him at all. He's he's the one I'm the most disappointed with. I feel like his role has been demised and like I understand he was goofy and kind of clumsy. He made mistakes and stuff a lot in the original, but I feel like in this one, he's like a complete airhead and we hardly see him flying so far where I'm at, at least where I'm at, you know? Right. And it's kind of uh, just, I don't know. I'm just not happy with Launchpad. It has nothing to do with the voice actor. It's just the character himself. Yeah. I think Beck Bennett is doing a pretty good job with that role. I know they couldn't get or wouldn't get Terry McGovern and, you know, that's always, that's our launch pad, of course, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, I think Beck Bennett, the voice is fine. He yeah, channeled, the voice is fine. Yeah, I do get where you're coming from. They don't use launch pad a lot early on. And yeah, he doesn't crash all that much. I've grown to really like him, but that's mainly because I've seen a lot more episodes. Yeah, you're, you're further down. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Um. I, I, have, I am a huge fan of Donald. So to see Donald way more in this one even though he's not in every episode and you know sometimes he's just popping up here and there it's still the fact that he's involved in it you know I, i'm right. really loving that because to me he's always been the grandfather of the duck universe you know yeah well the story arc that's just really starting to go at the point you're at with the show mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna pay off but you gotta just keep keep with the show because it's gonna it's gonna get a lot better um every show has its growing pains but um, you are so close to Beware the Buddy system. That's the big one for Launchpad, and that's our first big Darkwing moment. So okay. hopefully you'll get to that one, you'll enjoy that one, and you'll hopefully you'll enjoy Launchpad a bit more. Um, 
But of course, uh, by the time this episode drops, mm-hmm. we should be a week into new DuckTales episodes in the Disney Channel. So once those two weeks of new episodes air, we'll talk about those as well, because I'm sure there'll be some more Darkwing coming up in those. But with that said, let's leave DuckTales behind. Okay. And is there anything else you want to talk about before we dive into this episode? Uh, just one last thing, man. Uh, Mike, do you own any kind of like Darkwing, I don't know, figures, video game, memorabilia, anything that like you really don't care for or, or it's not that good, but you still own it just because it is Darkwing? I'm going to say yes with a but <laughs> um, because there is something I did own when I was younger that I mm-hmm. don't own anymore. Okay. Um, that would be... The Tiger Electronics Darkwing Duck handheld game. Oh, wow. That's so funny you mentioned that. I just bought one off of eBay for $10 because I've never owned it. And the thing is, those Tiger Electronic games, I don't care which game it is, they are terrible. They are god-awful, man. I'd rather have one of those uh, those watch games, you know, where you play on your watch. <laughs> oh, those things, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have one of those, man. That was the... See, when that came out, I already had a Game Boy, but it had Darkwing Duck on it, so my parents had to buy it for me. <laughs> and it was terrible. It's it's Tiger Electronics. Those games were not good. They, they were awful, man, but the, I, I remember owning, like, 30 of them. Like, I had all of them. Like, well, not all of them, because there's hundreds of them. Yeah. But I had, like, the Street Fighters, the Mortal Kombat, the Mega Man, the DuckTales, uh, Star Wars, trans. I mean, they had a Tiger Electronic game for everything, but you couldn't even move. You just hit one or two buttons, and it was just going up and down. They they, they were terrible games, man. They were yeah, awesome. every kid owned at least one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be happy to know that Quacker Jack is in this game. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's one positive for you. All right, it's playtime. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... I guess it's good for that. I mean, you'll play it for five minutes and you'll put it down. Obviously, it's nothing special. But as a piece of merchandise from when the show was actually new and airing, it's cool to have. And, you know, I, I got a, I got a few Darkwing things that, like, eh, it's not that great, but it's cool to have. Just, you know, like I, I, the board game, man. That board game is terrible, but uh, it's, it's something you won't want to own because it's not it's not common. I rarely see it. I don't think it's rare, but it's, it's an uncommon item. You don't see it often, and when it's on eBay, it could be anywhere from $30 to $100, man. Yeah, I'm sure my daughter would enjoy it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to this episode. Okay. So which episode is this again? Beauty and the Beat. Beauty and the Beat. What a clever pun. Yeah, I wonder where they got that from. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, about three months later, Beauty and the Beast came out, so good timing on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, Belle, you stole Darkwing's idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How dare that title exist? Um, so, yeah, this is, our, this is our first official Disney Afternoon episode. And this one aired Monday, September 9th, 1991 at 4.30 in the afternoon. For you. For me. <laughs> and I think let's talk a little bit about the Disney afternoon. Uh, at this time, I believe it was Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Chippendale, and Tailspin, right? That was the first lineup, yeah. That was the first lineup. And then Darkwing came in. But Darkwing, did Darkwing bump Gummy Bears or did Gummy Bears get to stick around when Darkwing came in? 
No, it bumped Gummy Bears. The show that premiered at 4.30 would bump the 3 o'clock show. So DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin moved back a half an hour, and Darkwing took the 4.30 slot. Okay, so okay, so Gummy Bears got dumped, and then so DuckTales was the leader, and then Chippendale, Tailspin, and then it closed with Darkwing? Right. Okay. So I, I'm one of those people that... I'm not embarrassed to say I stuck with the Disney Afternoon for the entire, I believe it was seven years it was running. Mm -hmm. So I watched all of those shows. Um, Everything from Gummy Bears all the way down to Quack Pack. I watched all that stuff. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it. And it was, you know, it was fun. I don't think I have as, I think it's the fondest memories I have of any kids programming block. For some kids, it's the Nicktoons. For other kids, it's the cartoon cartoon shows. Other kids like the kids WB. For me, it's the Disney Afternoon, definitely. I I would come home from school. I mean, that was pretty much my entire high school years was a Disney Afternoon. I'd come home. I would just turn it on, and I would do my homework or do whatever, and just watch all two hours of it. It doesn't matter how many times I saw the episodes. I'd watch all of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, I was taping Darkwing Duck, so I have on VHS, all the bumpers, the closing credits. You know what was cool about those closing credits? Do you remember how they did those? Yeah. What would they do? Well, well, how was it for you, though? Because it might have been different for me. For me, they would show a preview of the next day's episode. Yes, they did that for me as well. Uh, They would do it, like, at the end of DuckTales, though. Then you would get, like, a quick preview of the next day of, you know, what's going to be tomorrow, DuckTales. And then they did it with Chip and Dale. It it wasn't, like, when the whole Disney afternoon block was over. For us, it was at the end of each episode. Oh, yeah? Because I remember in my Disney afternoon, it would tell you the show coming up next and what that episode was. Mm -hmm. Like, if DuckTales ended, it would show you clips from the next episode of Rescue Rangers. Oh, okay. You know what? I think the reason why mine could have been different is because we got it like two to three hours after you did. You said that it started at three o'clock for you. It didn't start to like five or six for us. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. So we got it late. So like it was already like almost dark time. And like I got an hour or two to play outside and stuff, you know, before I had to come in and watch the cartoons, eat dinner. Cause I remember I used to eat dinner sometimes when I was watching like tailspin and Darkwing. you know, like I was sitting there at the table, just eating in the living room, you know, my oh, that's dad. crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause yeah, I also um... believe Puerto Rico, uh, you know, they don't have daylight savings time. So there are, they're like half of the year where they are hour ahead of the Eastern time over here. You know, in oh, the I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at the end of the programming block, they would show a preview for every show coming up. And it was really cool because you'd know what episode of Darkwing Duck was coming on. Like, you know, if you'd know if it was a Megavolt episode or a Bushroot episode. And it was, I love how they did that. It must have taken a lot of time and energy to do that kind of thing, though. Oh, yeah, man. And, and like I said, Mike, man, this this episode is would always be my first memory of Darkwing. So... It's not my favorite episode. It's not even top five. It's just it's very sentimental because I didn't get to see Darkly Dawn's The Duck. I didn't get to see that sinking feeling. We, we didn't have ABC, you know, or the Disney mm-hmm. Channel. We, we didn't have it. So the Disney Afternoon Block was the, my first glimpse of, of, of Darkwing. Like, I didn't even know those episodes existed until I saw them later in syndication. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's funny how we have two very different viewing experiences for these shows. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, uh, let's get into the episode a little bit, Mike. Uh, who, who wrote this episode? This episode was written by a three-person writing team. Um, I'm not sure I'm getting the first 
the first person's name correct. Um, John Bank, B-E-N-K-E. So I don't know if it's Banky or Bank, so I apologize. So John Bank, Rob Humphrey, and Jim Peterson. Now, I... Wow, what it must have been like back then to, to be writing on these shows. Syndicated, t- syndicated cartoon shows, could you imagine trying to get 65 episodes done that fast? I know, right? <laughs> that, that is just nuts, considering an, an animated half hour will take eight to nine months to make. Mm-hmm. And they had to make 65 of these to air in a single year. Check that, 78 because we have to count the 13 Saturday morning ones too. So they had to make 78 episodes of Darkwing Duck to air in a single year. That's now, a I lot. Heard, I heard certain writers had to get like two scripts on a week. Oh, wow. I can't imagine how tough that would be. Mm-hmm. I know the um, the shows also had different story editors. I guess that's kind of, kind of the directing chair. I know Tad Stones was a story editor. A few other people were. And I guess below them would be the writers who'd be writing the episodes. But these writers, they worked on, by my count, seven episodes, including this one. And you'd mm-hmm. be surprised at some of the ones they actually wrote. Some of the ones both of us absolutely love. The list includes Comic Book Capers. It's a I wonderful, love that episode. It's I a love wonderful, that one. It's a Wonderful Leaf, which I love that one, too. Mm-hmm. Ghoul of My Dreams. Twitching Channels, which is a Stone Cold classic, and you'll be happy to hear Hot Spells. Hey, you, every episode uses name I love, man. That, so, no. <laughs> the only one I didn't mention was Dirty Money, and you told me you didn't like that one. Yeah, I, I can't stand that one. Well, I like that one all right, but it's not one of the higher ones. And um, so the story editor for this episode was Kevin Crosby Hops. He wrote a ton of television. If you check his IMDb... Early 80s live-action sitcoms, the Smurfs. He worked on Disney shows like Rescue Rangers and Gummy Bears, Animaniacs. He's still working on shows like the Modern Muppet Babies and Young Justice, and he's a busy guy. So we, this is our story editor and our writing team. So they're ready to go. Can I get and, his resume? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nothing compared to at least one of the voice actors we're about to talk about. I already know who you're talking about. He's... Oh, man, he, he's one of the goats on my favorite other cartoon that I love, man. Yeah, so let's <laughs> let's get started with this episode then. Okay. Now, this one's interesting because it doesn't jump right into the plot. No, it's, uh, it's from Darkwing's point of view. He's telling a story. Right. It's This one's actually narrated by Darkwing. Mm-hmm. And it's a device he calls, and they'll only do it this one time, the Darkwing Files. <laughs> so if you've ever seen the opening shot from the theme song of of um, Darkwing in, in the big file cabinet flying out of the window, that's this episode. And um, it's interesting how this episode uses narration, and the next Bushroot episode also uses narration. And then no other episode does that until so far down the line. Mm-hmm. But I think this episode needs it, because Darkwing does not actually enter this story, the actual story. For, for nine and a half minutes. That's how long he is not an active character in the story. So I'm going to assume this narrative device is just to get him into the plot. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't very necessary. 
But I also think there's so much going on with these brand new characters that we have not met that you at least need Darping narrating it for some familiarity, especially yeah. because this is the first one airing on the Disney afternoon. I know mm-hmm. as a kid, I watched it and I'm like, come on, where's the Darkwing action? But as an adult, this one's actually really good. Oh, yeah. So tell us a bit how the actual story starts. To me, it reminds me a lot of The Nutty Professor. You know, you got the two guys who are working together, and then you got the one professor over there not, you know, he, he's having failure. They're kind of bullying him, and then he has a crush on um, Rhoda. Was it Rhoda? Rhododendron. Uh-huh. Rhododendron. Puns, puns, puns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, Doctor, it was Dr. Larson and Dr. Gary. They were the two bullies, but one of them, oh, my God, is a legend. You know, let, let, let's just get into it, Mike. Frank Welker, let's, man. Yes, Frank Welker does three characters in this episode. Frank Welker is a legend. He was the first voice of Freddy from Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. I think he's still doing that voice. He can do anything. He's the modern-day Mel Blanc. Oh, yeah. He can do... If you want him to impersonate a flock of seagulls... He'll get in front of a mic and he'll do that. He, if it's if you hear an animal in any movie, whether it's live action or a cartoon, it's probably Frank Welker. <laughs> this guy is amazing. He did voices on like almost every cartoon show you could name. And he, he comes back. Voices. He comes back several times on Darkwing as multiple characters. Yeah, we're gonna see him a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, for right now, he's Doctor Larson. And, and he, he was the dean, right? And he's dean type bill as well. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gar- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the, adding the dean plot to this really made me think, like, am I watching the nutty professor again? You know, because the <laughs> dean comes in and is like, you know, I'm going to shut this program down at St. Canary University. I think that's the only time they ever mentioned St. Canary University, by the way. Yeah, I don't think that comes back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to shut it down. We don't have the budget. You better get your projects right, your experiments and all that, or we're shutting it all down. It, it, may, it reminds me so much of the Nutty Professor right here on the opening scene. Well, you know what you know what, Dr. Larson and Dr. Gary remind me of, right? What's that? Larson and Gary. Switch those names. Gary Larson. Ah. The cartoonist behind the far side. <laughs> and these two look like they're from that comic. Mm-hmm. And they sure did. This isn't the this isn't the only time they reference the far side. And the mm-hmm. next time they do it, it's gonna be a lot more explicit than this. Um and Dr. Gary is the other guy. He's voiced by an at voice actor named Scott Bullock. Um lots of lots of characters, check his IMDB. He voices one ongoing character on Darkwing Duck. He's actually the voice of Tom Lockjaw the television Ooh. reporter, mm-hmm. who we're not going to see for a while still, I think. But that's his main character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Rhododendron. And, of course, it's a Bushroot episode, so get used to the puns. And she's voiced by a voice actress named Jennifer Darling. She's done lots of shows as well. And, um, again, check IMDb. She's all over that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, voice, the voice of Rhododendron reminded me right away uh, she voiced Irma from the 1987 Ninja Turtle cartoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the voice I associate with that voice actress. Because mm-hmm. um, I love that show growing up, too. So we have 
Dr. Larson, Dr. Gary, Dean Tightbill, Rhododendron, and Reggie Bushroot. Reggie Bushroot. And um, he's voiced by uh, Tino and Sonia. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Now, I'll bet most people who grew up watching cartoons around this time probably remember him best as Uncle Ted from Bobby's World. If you remember that show. That was was Uncle Ted. Yeah, oh. just, picture, just picture Bushru going, hey, Bobo, that's Tino <laughs> and Sonya. Um, my daughter knows him as Mr. Grouper from the Nick, Nick Jr. show Bubble Guppies. So that mm-hmm. shows how active he was. Even up until the time of his death, he was still voice acting. But um, Bushroot, he is so great as Bushroot. He can be pathetic. He can be threatening. He can be pathetic. That's pretty much what Bushroot is. Um, <laughs> And Bushroot's probably the one of the most nuanced characters on this show, especially for one of the villains. Mm-hmm. And the episode really takes its time to show you what he was like before he became a plant duck. And I like that. Mm-hmm. No other villain gets that kind of empathetic screen time. And you feel bad for him, because I know this is this is a G-rated podcast, so there are lots of words I like to call Dr. Gar- Larson and Dr. Gary. But I guess jerks is pretty much as far as I'll go. Um, so they sabotage his experiments. And what is he trying to do? What's his experiment, Well, uh, He's trying to get the, the plants. He's trying to get the plants to be like all the nutrients and stuff, like the, the way of life. Or am I incorrect here? What he's trying to do is find a way to take the, um, I think it's the chloroplast from plants, graft it into humans, so they can snack on sunlight just like plants can. Okay. And the other doctors are laughing at them because they say the future is in, in big food. So they're creating um, formulas to make food larger. Yeah, like the big and potato the, and all that. The, the giant potato, right. <laughs> Which when, comes back. That comes back. That was a, I got that one. There was when, a punt to that big potato. And Bushroot just wants to make the world a better place so humans don't need to eat that kind of stuff, genetically engineered food. They can just eat sunlight. Mm-hmm. So his cause is noble. You know, there's, there's no malice in what he's trying to do. But his funding's cut, and he has no choice but to experiment on himself. And It goes bad. It goes very bad. It's It works for a couple of seconds, and I feel so bad for him as he's just like, hey, I'm turning green. Oh, well, some side effects are okay. I'm still the <laughs> same old Reggie. And as he's walking, the little sprouts are forming on his head, and you just he's excited, and then you finally see his mutated form for the first time, and you feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and they start making fun of him. And what what's what's the chant, Will? Reggie's a veggie, Reggie's, Reggie's a, a veggie, <laughs> Reggie's a veggie. And even the soundtrack is going na 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 na. And the dog is trying to pee on him, and he's just, he feels miserable. And then he, what does he realize? What can he do? What's his power? Uh, he realizes that he could talk to, to the plants and trees and stuff. Not just that, they'll do what he tells them. Oh, yeah, he, he's like the Dr. Doolittle. He says that too, doesn't he? I'm the Dr. Doolittle of the plant world, yep. Mm-hmm. And he decides to exact some revenge, and... I think Bushroot might be one of the few villains with an on-screen body count. Oh, yeah, he sure does, because he, he, he killed uh, Gary and Larson. He kills them, yeah. He does not. He, he's out for blood. He kills these two. 
Mm -hmm. And um, so finally, you know, we have our victims. Bushroot's gone bad. And finally, here comes... Darkwing with Launchpad. Launchpad's right behind him. Finally, we got, we got <laughs> Launchpad a little earlier. This is great bit with the narration where Darkwing sits to read his case file, and all of a sudden he starts reading Launchpad's laundry list. Yeah. <laughs> Launchpad's like, sorry, that's my laundry list. Um, so they show up, and um, you know they're trying to figure out what's going on, and you know yeah. Darkwing immediately suspects Bushroot. Yeah, but Broda is she's trying to vouch for him for for Bushroot. Yeah, and of course, you know how Darkwing is. You can't vouch for a villain. He doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear it. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop for just a second here, Mike. I, I think it's hilarious that every time they show Rhoda, if you listen in the background, the musical score changes every time they show her and she starts talking. And it kind of reminds me of Doug. Like every time Patty Mayonnaise uh, started speaking, right. you, hear that, <laughs> you hear that same musical score in the background. Well, <laughs> this was an earlier episode. I finally looked into it. This is the 15th in production order. Mm-hmm. So it's still early enough that a lot of the episode has original music being scored for it. Disney shows didn't get new music every episode. By about a quarter of the way through, music they've already scored, they'll chop up and stick into other episodes. And as we go on, if you pay attention to the music, you'll hear the same tracks over and over again. Mm-hmm. Especially like during like um, commercial bump, commercial breaks and stuff like that. This one has a lot of new music in it. So like Bush Drew gets his own his own theme. A lot of the chase music is new. And you're right, Rhoda Dendron gets her own vamp. More yeah. or less, whenever she shows up. <laughs> um, you always know it's new music when there's action happening on screen and the music is scored to what's happening, which doesn't... That's more of an Animaniacs and, like, Tiny Toons thing. doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot in the Disney shows, but, you know, a few episodes of the Darkwing Duck have it. Um, so Darkwing assumes that Bushroot's going to go back to the university and go after Dean Tightville. So they barricade him in, into his office, and then what happens... Uh, that's when the the chainsaw came out, didn't it? No, the giant tree burst into the room. Oh, and he and he got the dean. Yeah, he gets the dean, mm-hmm. and the, the dean's like, "This is what I get for being a vegetarian." <laughs> <laughs> Frank so, Welker. So Darkwing makes his first entrance in the episode, and it's the only time he gets an intro. This time, it's "I am the termite that devours your floorboards." So that's that. And Darkwing saves the day. It's the first time he uses his buzzsaw cufflinks. Mm-hmm. And that pop, you know, he uses those a couple of other times, which is comes in handy when you're fighting giant plants. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a fight between Bushroot and Darkwing. And, um, man, man, puns. Puns galore in this episode. You oh, get lots those of Bushroot. Darkwing goes, this would have to be an Ivy League school. Ba-doom-tsh. Yeah, and with then, all the poison ivy. And, <laughs> and then when Bushroot escapes underground, Launchpad goes, I guess he got back to his roots. Again, but it's Darkwing Duck. And like the show is so pun heavy. And that's one of the reasons I love it. I think in other shows, stuff like that would make me cringe. Mm-hmm. But I love it on Darkwing Duck because it's just part of the corny humor of the show. Mm-hmm. It's just the stupid puns. And I love it so much because the puns are stupid, but they're always... They work because they always. Yeah, I think it's smart the way the puns are worked into the show. Yeah, this this was a good one with the puns. Uh, a lot of jokes with the plants, you know, salad references. Uh, 
Bushrood with you know there's a scene where he was cutting his hair and I remembered like a weed grew out of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he has to pull it out. Mm-hmm. He he wonders if he should get a get a tie or grow his own. Yeah. <laughs> and then like uh instead of deodorant, he sprayed the bug spray. <laughs> right, he sprays some stuff with bug spray. Cause um at this point he thinks uh Rhoda wants to go out with him because she's still vouching for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he had overheard when she was vouching for him. Yeah, he's overhearing what she's talking about. And I love this bit with Darkwing trying to disguise himself and he doesn't realize he's covering himself with poison ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he keeps he keeps trying to blow off Rhoda and Launchpad keeps tying his beak shut just so he'll shut up for a minute and listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. When, I like it when Launchpad's proactive and like that. Now, Mike, uh, I remember watching this epo- uh, episode several times, and I-, I watched it again before we did the podcast earlier today. I don't. I didn't catch a I am a terror that flaps in the night. Did, did I miss it? Well, it's um right after. Is it Bushroot? Right after the giant tree attacks, um, Dean Tightbill, Darkwing Duck does his uh, intro. Mm-hmm. And he I, does, I, I remember yeah. him doing the intro, but did he say I am the terror? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Okay, okay. So I missed that. Okay. He does do it. It's the only one he does in the episode. Okay. So Bushroot's plan now is to capture Rhoda. Mm-hmm. And he brings in his big Venus flytrap buddy. Spike. Spike. And uh, Spike is just a big dog. <laughs> he kind of looks like, uh, uh, what's the name of that plant from A Little Shop of Horrors? Uh, Audrey 2. Audrey 2, yeah. He yeah, kind of looks like him. <laughs> uh, directed by the great Frank Oz. Miss Piggy himself. <laughs> and uh, Spike is great. They start this great running gag where Darkwing tosses a bone at him. And he keeps bringing it back. Yeah, he brings it back several times in the episode. <laughs> it's a funny little um, anecdote here. Um, you know the Boom comics, right? Yes. One one gag that um, Aaron Sparrow wanted to do with that comic was have Spike keep showing up with a bone. <laughs> and, you know, he wasn't writing it. You know, he was kind of out by the second story arc, and Ian Brill was doing the writing, and I've never liked Ian Brill's writing. But, um... He he eventually used that spike idea mm-hmm. in I think the last story arc during the boom years. He had, he actually had spike. So all these years later, they went back to that joke of spike yeah, that, showing up with a bone for Darkwing. That was a good running gag on this one. Yeah, it it happens toward the end when you least suspect it. Mm-hmm. So Bushroot's plot is what? What do you, what do you mean? What is he gonna do with Rhoda? Uh, he wants to turn her into the same thing he is. I love how she says, besides, you're a plant. I'm a duck. It'll never work. <laughs> you'll grow to like it. But first, you'll grow leaves. <laughs> yeah, because he puts her on that um that little bedding thing, and he raises her up, too, just straight, like he was. Straight out of Frankenstein. Yeah. So, oh, I missed. Oh, my God. I can't believe I missed that in the intro, man. Ah, uh, the Frankenstein. Yeah. And uh, Darkwing's second entrance, he just shows up. He jumps through the glass ceiling of the greenhouse. He doesn't even do an entrance line. He just jumps right in. He He's wasting no time here. So we get this. I think this fight is great because there's so much going on. You got Rhoda's up there on the, uh, you know, the, uh, the lift. She's screaming. You have lightning in the background. Darkwing and uh, Bushwood are running back and forth, and then you got Launchpad with the pumpkin on his head. 
And, and <laughs> doesn't Spike pop up once again? Spike pops up with a bone. Darkwing strangles a tomato plant. Yeah, <laughs> he man. goes at Bushroot with a weed whacker. It slices, <laughs> it dices, it runs out of gas. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when it ran out. Of, when he got when he had Bushroot backed into the corner. Yeah, with the weed. Wha- I think it was a weed whacker. Mm-hmm. And then Bushroot goes after Darkwing with a lawnmower. And that does not end well for Bushroot. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, my God. Bushroot's defeats can be so brutal, especially early on. Mm-hmm. That thing lands on him, and... He's done. He's done. And I love that about Bushroot. You can kill him, and he'll come back. Yeah, because he'll see it'll go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He. That's, man, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. And... um. Yeah, and uh, that's the episode. I love how Darkwing thinks Rhoda has been transformed into a plant, and he's like kneeling beside the plant, apologizing to it that he wasn't there in time. <laughs> and she's like, "Who are you talking to?" Oh yeah. And then the story's over, and then Darkwing goes to the audience. What does he say? Um, exciting, huh? Or something like that. And Launchpad's asleep in the corner, yeah. and he walks over and he smacks him on the head to wake him up. <laughs> So, so and, overall, uh, what, what did you think of this episode, though, I, Mike? I like – see, when I was younger, like I said, I didn't like this one very much because it was so – it's so much setup, you know, mm-hmm. and not a lot of Darkwing until, like, the midpoint. And as I've gotten older, I appreciate it so much more because I don't think I would like Bushroot as much as a, as a character if he didn't get this kind of origin story told. That's what I was going to mention. I, I loved it because I always knew it was his origin story. And it's the only time I, I can recall ever seeing him as a duck before he turns into a plant, you know? Yeah, they never go back to it. And mm-hmm. if he was introduced already a plant duck, kind of like how Megavolt was, I don't think the character would have that. Would He wouldn't be as deep. Yeah. But because we got to know him for almost 10 minutes as himself, as a good person... We realized with Bushroot, there is a decent human, a human duck, whatever, yeah. inside of him. And his big problem is his social awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And he's never been able to lash out because he's such a wimp. And he's still a wimp. <laughs> and it's just he has this power. But if people would just leave him alone, I think he'd leave everybody else alone. Yeah, he probably would. It's just, you know, he doesn't know what to do with himself now. He can't go out in public. Everyone's scared of him. He's still socially awkward. So all he knows now is to get even with people because he can control plants. Mm -hmm. But what's so great about Bushroot, he's the only villain who gets a story arc. Yeah. They they build with him. They, they, he becomes more sympathetic. They stop killing him in every episode. He's allowed to get away. They build on his friendship with Spike, and they actually, you know, it's going to be a long time before we get there, but they actually kind of reform his character a bit. Yeah. It just takes a long, you know, they, it's going to be a while before we get there. But um, Bushwood's fascinating. He, I mean, he's not my favorite, but he's definitely the most layered, for sure. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel, like, that now that we're, you know, progressing in the podcast, that we finally got to one of the Fearsome Five? It's 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 nice. I mean, it's still early on, but it's nice that 
it's nice that in terms of the air date, the scheduling, they threw us a supervillain very early on. Mm-hmm. I think if these had aired according to production order and we had to wait 15 episodes in to get the bush route, I don't know if I would have enjoyed the show as much. Honestly, I'm happy Bushroot showed up this early in the in the show. I think yeah. it was smart to put him front and center. This was a great intro for me. You know, like even though I didn't see Darkly Dawn's the Duck and I didn't quite know Darkwing's backstory yet, it worked for me. I, oh. I was re- yeah, it really worked. He was already cocky. He saved the day. He killed the villain. You know, the villain had his origin story. So it, to right. me, it was a great story to build up a, a villain in this episode, you know, for yeah. my first time watching. No Goslin either. No Goslin, no Honker, no Muddlefoots. I like, I, for the most part, I like the solo launch pad in Darkwing stories. Yeah. And I don't mind when Goslin's not around. Mm-hmm. Launchpad's in more episodes than Goslin is, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, so this is a good episode. I think it ages very well. I think it, oh, yeah. I think the older you get, the better it gets. It's it's aged it's aged really well. Um, last thing I really want to talk about for this episode is uh, the animation. Okay. And um, so I don't know if you've noticed with this one doesn't look as good as any of the episodes we did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't nearly look as good. Um, that's because this show was animated by a studio called Sunwoo, and I think. I should have written this. I think they were, I think they were Korean studio and they are, I think if you name a show, they worked on it. Everything from the Disney to Warner's, um, I, the Simpsons family guy, they, they've done everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but their art style though. Mm, no, not, not for you. Not, I, I grew to like them on Darkwing Duck. I did. Mm-hmm. They got the hang of the characters pretty quick. But episodes of other shows like Goof Troop or Bonkers, when they came on and I knew Sun Wu was doing the animation, I usually didn't stick with it. Okay. But on Darkwing, you know, this is one of their early ones, so they're, just, they're still trying to stay on model, but they, they, they got used to them. I mean, I don't have much to say. I, I just want to mention the studio. Oh, that's um, fine. To me, it, it, it was fine. It, it wasn't nothing that really grabbed me. Like, my only complaint with the animation on this one was, like, how cheesy and plain the Poison Ivy looked on Darkwing. Other than that, though, yeah. I, it, it didn't bother me. The colors were vibrant. They really popped. Uh, oh, it, it was different. Nice. Oh, yeah. The colors are definitely nice in this episode. It's just the staging of a lot of shots, the angles, the way the characters move. A lot of it is very simple. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have that dynamic look the Darkly Dawn's the Duck episodes do, mm-hmm. which as a kid also I was I saw you know that sinking feeling and a bit of the end of Darkly Dawn's the Duck. So this one comes on doesn't look as nice and I was a bit bummed by it. Um, but yeah, and Sun Wu ended up doing the a lot of Darkwing episodes. They animated the most out of any other studio. And um, funny enough, they did almost all of the Bushroot episodes. Oh wow! Like so they, some, they had their hands on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a look to the Bushroot root episode. They did all but one solo Bushroot episode, to the fact that if he was animated by anybody else, mm-hmm. didn't look right. So anyway, that's this episode. So how many gas gun canisters will you give this episode? Gas gun canisters to Beauty and the Beat. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to give it only two and a half gas gun canisters. So it's average. 
Okay. Um, I think I'm giving it mainly for the Bushroot side of the plot. I think that I think that's strong, but I think on, I think technically and you know it doesn't need the narration at the beginning. You know, Darkwing takes a while to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm comfortable with two and a half. Okay, I, I I'm gonna go a little higher, and it I don't think it's because my sentimental to this episode either. I'm gonna give it three and a half. I, I like the flow of it. Uh, I like the parodies in it. You know, the the jacket and beanstalk. It had the chase. It had the spike jokes, all the puns. Uh, it gave you the origin story. Darkwing comes in. Launchpad has some jokes and stuff. It, to me, I like it. It's it's a solid episode. Three and a half. Now, is it an amazing episode? It's not one of my like I said, it's not one of my top 10 episodes, but I really enjoy it. I've always liked this episode. I, oh. I think it has good flow to it and everything. I like it too. It's just, like I said, it's average. Okay. It's not It's not one of the best, but it's definitely far from the worst. It's right there in the middle of the pack. Okay, now our villain. How many gas gun canisters are you giving him? Bushroot. I'm going to give him four gas gun canisters. I'm reserving anything higher for other Fearsome Five members. Okay. But because I can't rate him lower than that because he's so layered. He's such an interesting villain that they mm-hmm. really do right by. And he's fascinating. And I love the voice acting. And the design is great. I just love that design. The, the, the purple hair, the leaves for hands, the root feet. Mm-hmm. I just, I love how he looks. And he's he's fun. You get so many great puns with him. All the different ideas with the different plants. And he's in some really funny episodes. Okay. So I'll give him four gas canisters. Yeah, I'm going to give him four, too. I've, I've always liked Bushroot. You know, uh, my four and a half is I'm saving for two other villains. And then my five, he's getting that automatic, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Bushroot always been solid. Uh, he's not a weak villain. He has so many things that help him, like lackeys, you know, as the plants and the trees. He works. Right. I think he's he's always worked, you know. I think the only thing that I felt brings him down a notch is because of this origin story, you know deep down he's a good person. You know, mm-hmm. he's just misunderstood, you know? Yeah, and I, I think as the time goes by with the show, they start giving him – his plots become more about how pathetic he is and how he just wants friends. Mm-hmm. So they lean into that a bit more. Like – this episode is probably the most threatening he's ever going to get. You know, he doesn't... I mean, he, he certainly aren't, isn't going to kill anybody else. Oh, um, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. But um, you definitely see a shift in Bushroot episodes about halfway through. I mean, Megavolt, Negaduck, Quackajack say the same. But Bushroot... Which makes it weird when he shows up with the Fearsome Five and he has no depth to him. It's very interesting how they handle him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Bushroot. It's he's a great character. Now Rhoda, I think we only see her one more time, don't we? Just you know one? what? Her character design might pop up again, but Rhoda Dendron specifically, no, she doesn't show up again. You might be thinking of Gary and Larson. Mm-hmm. Those designs come back in a future episode, not playing themselves though. Okay. But um. Uh, Dean Tightbill comes back, but not in an episode. Okay. He actually comes back in the comics. The very last two comics they did with the Joe books mm-hmm. has Dean Tightbill come back and Larson and Gary. In a way, I'm not going to spoil. 
<laughs> you should read those comics. The, the Joe Books ones are fantastic. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely, if you haven't read them, you should get them and read them. Well, you should definitely try to pick up the um, the trade paperbacks before they get more expensive. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. They're They're getting expensive, man. Because that definitively dangerous, the big omnibus one that takes all the, the Boom comics, rewrites them and packages them all together, that thing is ex- insanely expensive right now. I tried to find a copy for my daughter for Christmas last year, and I was shocked at how much it was going for. Wow. So if you want to read the Joe Books one at least, try to get those before they get expensive. The writing in those is great. Okay, so Mike, man, uh, wrapping up Beauty and the Beat, what we got next? What's the next episode? The very next one is Getting Antsy, featuring, I think, what I think is the best Darkwing villain of all time, Lilliput. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you agree? Uh, I'm not I'm not going to even respond to that one. <laughs> all right, all right, well, okay, well, there are other things to love about that episode when we get there. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't have to love Lilliput, but um, that's Getting Antsy's next. Okay, and uh, there's a certain voice actor who told me that's her favorite episode. Really? Should we tell them who it is or wait until the episode drops for them to uh, find out? Uh, let's wait a little bit. Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's not spoil it. They can wait one more week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Mike, man, that's uh, Beauty and the Beat, man. Um, I had fun watching this one, man. It, it was enjoying, you know, it brought back some memories. It, it reminded me of jumping off that school bus and running up the stairs in that townhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget coming home that Monday, and I I actually remember, remember what I was eating. I was eating White Castle. Wouldn't touch that now, but I was eating it then, sitting <laughs> in front of the TV watching the episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and, that's um, our Disney afternoon episode, our first one, uh, Beauty and the Beat. Um, you guys know where you can find us on social media. You know, Mike's on Facebook. Uh, we have the Facebook page for the St. Canard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. Uh, I'm Will Santana on Facebook. Uh, you guys just reach out to us, man. And Mike, who's going to be our character of the week for this episode? Well, if anybody who's been following the Facebook page remembers, we did a preview of character of the week. We wrote a dendron a few weeks back. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be her. And it won't be Bushroot. Um, but... I think it may be Dr. Gary and Dr. Larson. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. So, hey, man, we appreciate y'all tuning in to us. Uh, this was a, a fun episode to talk about. Make sure y'all listen to us next week for getting antsy and uh, stay dangerous. Have a good night. Good night, y'all. <laughs>